Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? March 31st edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro. Make sure you follow me online on Joe. Uh, follow us at Fightful MMA. And don't forget, for all your mixed martial arts news, FightfulMMA.com. I just submitted an article uh, that will be posted probably later on today, if not tomorrow. Uh, hopefully it doesn't cause too much controversy. Sean Ross Sapp, who joins me right now, make sure you follow him online at Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, the man is a legend. Uh, and I know it's WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you know, every, uh, every WrestleMania, a friend of mine has this big, huge tournament uh, at his house. It's literally a foo- – I guess you guys would call it foosball. Us Italians call it Jatoni. It's a big Jatoni tournament. He's got a WrestleMania trophy with a Jatoni man on top in a ring uh, that he gives out to the winner every year, bragging rights for a year. But unfortunately – I can't go because the wife booked uh, my cousins coming over on Sunday. So it's going to be a challenging one. But you got a busy weekend coming up. Yeah, we got WrestleMania. We got NXT TakeOver. We have a bunch of Evolve shows. We have two podcasts. I have a a members-only podcast that goes up about an hour after we finish this one. We've got a lot going on. And now Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania is the biggest Raw of the year. And now since SmackDown is important, now Tuesday is going to be loaded too. It is an insane weekend, and I'll tell you what, Joe, you've already missed a highlight. Last night at 2.30 in the morning, do you know what I was watching? Hopefully your eyelids. A pro wrestling match between Matt Riddle and Dan the Beast Severn. Wow, where, was, where did this take place? Orlando, Florida. They, what, what happens is when WrestleMania comes to town, a bunch of indie shows, they run events there too. They're trying to capitalize, and Dan Severn... And Matt Riddle beat the absolute piss out of one another. That you could tell there was no practicing. There was none of that. It was them getting in there and like <clears throat> Matt would get in for a clinch and Dan Severn would belly to belly suplex him or do a hip throw. They would grapple each other, go up to the ropes, knee the crap out of each other. They chopped the crap out of each other. It was beautiful. It's what made me love pro wrestling because that's how I came up in pro wrestling was wrestling with my catch wrestling coach. And him basically holding me in a hold saying, figure out how to get out. That's that that's is crazy. Awesome. Awesome. It was awesome. 59 years old. 
in like a month and a half is Dan Severn. I have literally he's the beast. He is an absolute beast. Uh, have you ever met him? Because he's one of the nicest dudes ever. I'm no, I know he's got his bad days, but I've met him on numerous occasions. I've interviewed him, and I interviewed him. I did a piece on the WWF Brawl for All, which happened about 20 years ago. It was WWE's attempt at doing like Tough Man and stuff like that. And I interviewed him for that, and he was he was a true gentleman. Also, his press releases are the best because he writes them himself. <laughs> Give me an example. Oh my gosh, I'd have to track one down, but <laughs> he'll be like, if any of you gentlemen would like to provide me some promotion for my fisticuffs event. <laughs> Great. Hey, to all you uh, ladies and gentlemen that are uh, tuning in live right now uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, don't forget we do have the live chat uh, on the right-hand side of your screen. Feel free to send in some questions, comments, uh, probably concerns when it's Sean and I doing this. But uh, by all means, uh, put up your quotes, question marks, or questions, whatever. We will uh, we will try to endeavor uh, to get to them as soon as we can throughout this broadcast because there's some lot there's lots of mixed martial arts stuff uh, to discuss. Uh, there isn't a big UFC event or even a fight night this weekend. There is Bellator. One seventy-five, if I'm not mistaken, Sean. Uh, Rampage versus King Mo Two. Uh, Rampage uh, did not look overly um, ripped on the scale yesterday. Uh, is that the biggest he's ever been? Before, oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I think. It, well, I mean, I think the only other heavyweight fight he had technically was maybe Ishii, right? Yeah. He's always. I mean, technically, he's always fought at light heavyweight, right? Uh -huh. Which is. I think he only missed one time, right? Did he just miss the Bader fight? Bader was Japan, yes, yes. So, I mean, for all the criticism, and, and I'll be the first to give Rampage Jackson his fair share of criticism, the man shows up and makes weight when he's asked to. And that's not something you, you, you see from a lot of guys. Like, they just, they just won't make the damn weight. Uh, no, he, he had a catch weight of 210 against Beltran. Um. The Maldonado fight was 215, but I mean, the man shows up and he makes 205 when people tell him to make 205, so I got a lot of respect in for that. Uh, he ain't never making 205 again. Uh, not by the looks of what I saw yesterday on that scale. Uh, listen, I'm sure if he put the effort in, he could, but this is a guy that's not 22 or 23 anymore. Uh, so yeah, I think all his fights moving forward will likely be, uh, at heavyweight. Uh, it's, it's not a bad card per se. Uh, it'll be a challenge, uh, getting past maybe the third from the end. Uh, I mean, Galval versus Sanchez is a fight that I do like. Karnatanov and Gormley is okay. I would say the main event, uh, isn't too bad at all, but Sanchez there are, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's bad against a guy who's moving up from 135 like Galvo too. Did I lose you, Joe? But you got us, Sean. I lost you for a second. You got me there. Trash Canadian internet. No, the internet here is perfectly fine, to be honest with you. Uh, oh, by the way, Sean Bayou wants to know, will Rampage retire or return to the UFC uh, after tonight? Because uh, it is the last fight on his Bellator contract. I would not be surprised if he retires. Then again, he did say um, he wants more fights with Vanderlei Silva. He says he owes uh, Vanderlei Silva at least two more ass whoopings. Rampage Jackson is the kind of guy that this UFC regime is interested in, though. So you never know what they're they're willing to pay him. Uh, the the Misha Serkinovs can't really call their price and really push that up. Rory McDonald, while a lot of people knew him, I don't know. He's not the needle mover that Rampage Jackson is. 
look at a guy like Tito Ortiz. We, within the scope of MMA, we're like, yeah, that guy's washed up, whatever. And then he he puts asses in seats, and the whole crowd's cheering him. Like so, I mean, it's it's hard to really guess what uh, how casual people will react. If Rampage goes out and he draws big ratings tonight, I, I would definitely expect a UFC offer on the table. But you got to wonder: is Bellator willing to pay more? Because Bellator's off also willing to match you up in an age range and a skill range that accurately reflects your own. And that's why I like him at Bellator far more than I'd like to see him back in the UFC. I'd rather see him fight Vanderlei Silva uh, one more time, maybe two more times. I don't care. Then to come into the UFC, then again, uh, you know, we, we just spoke moments ago about him potentially never competing at 205 again. Uh, he might be a fun guy at heavyweight in the UFC. He might be a fun guy to stay in Bellator. So it's just, I mean, it, it, he does move the needle. I don't think he does it as much anymore, but the guy's always got something crazy to say that drives people like, what? What did he just say or what did he just do? Like him saying he regrets getting into mixed martial arts. <laughs> like, oh my God, that's what made you pretty much. It got you that A-team deal. It got you some acting gigs, but uh, you know, Rampage is always going to be Rampage. So uh, I, either way, I will always tune in to see Rampage. Again, I, I've said it a hundred times before on this podcast. Uh, you know, I, I'll always remember guys that treated me so good in person or treated me crazy in person like Rampage did a few times. But the guy's hilarious. The guy's funny. Uh, always put a smile on my face and, you know, when he when he's motivated, right. Yeah, and it, the thing is about the, the regretting getting an MMA thing, I was more surprised that people were surprised that he would say that. He is the type of guy that, is, that has always been, like, very parallel to King Mo, actually, the everybody's out to get me thing. And the Juanito Ibarra situation, I know that's a bummer for him because Juanito Ibarra transformed that man's career. And to have Juanito do allegedly what he said that he did, trying to you know take money from him and things like that, uh, that had to break his heart. And Joe, have we really ever seen the same rampage since that situation? I mean, mentally, physically, in the ring, all of it together. Well, honestly, maybe since the 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 vehicle rampage that he went on, but it seemed oh, like maybe a lot drink, the energy drink situation. Maybe all those went hand in hand. Could you imagine if social media was as big as it is now, if if that had happened? Yeah, yeah. It would have been insane. Big time. Uh, Jordan Lane makes a pretty good point here. I could see Rampage possibly going to Japan if they can afford him because he said he would like to retire in Japan. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. You And you've got guys you can match him up with over there. Hey, give me, give me Crow Cop Rampage headlining Ryzen show. I'll be up to watch that. Yeah, that Jordan Lane says in Rising already has Vanderlei. Well, yeah, not of. just too sure about that yet. <laughs> I'll, believe, uh, I'll believe Vanderlei will fight anywhere when Vanderlei fights. That's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's weird what's happening with with Vanderlei right now. Uh, what do you make of that whole press conference, the Bellator NYC press conference, <laughs> where he basically, quote-unquote, no-showed, uh, but then was available uh, via feed? Are you surprised? I mean, it's... It's Vanderlei. He doesn't like to show up to work. He doesn't like to do his job. He likes to pretend that he's he likes to pretend he's angry at stuff, put himself in a situation for financial gain, and then abandon that situation of financial gain. And he does it repeatedly. He's done it for a long time. I mean, <clears throat> the last fight we saw him with was, was Brian Stan. He's had opportunities to fight. 
he's failed drug or he's avoided drug tests. He's avoided press conferences. He's avoided obligations. You know, as, as I tell you, Rampage is outspoken, but he's professional. He shows up to his stuff. He does his obligations. He did an interview with Fightful.com, Steve Muehlhausen. Uh, now, granted, during that fight, he said that he wanted to make this, or during that interview, he said that he wanted to make his fight with King Mo a nipple rings versus chains match where the loser had to abandon their chip nipple rings or chains. So, I mean, you never know what you get out of him. But I guarantee you that if Vanderlei Silva had scheduled an interview with Fightful.com, we wouldn't have gotten that interview because that's just the nature of Vanderlei. He does not show up to do stuff. He doesn't do his job. Now, maybe, I, I don't know if somebody said during the press conference that he was supposed to be flown in or where, where he was, but, I mean, maybe it was a prearranged deal. But, I mean, Fedor's sitting there, so I, I would imagine they were more than willing to fly him in. Uh, Fedor looked like a, a dad's bod had eaten another dad's bod. The Legends <laughs> League, man. He uh, Listen... He's never been one that's going to be cut and ripped, but oh my goodness, you need to get in the training camp right away, sir. Um, the guy still maybe need to get away from athletic commissions that will actually drug test or that won't drug test too. Which brings me up to the other point that I was going to make uh, when Scott Coker, Scott Coker basically stated that they're going to follow what whatever New York State does, which is Latin for IQ test, in my opinion, especially considering you have a main event with two gentlemen uh, you know, who have had issues in the past. So not sure I kind of like that. It's 2017, sir. Yeah, and New York has proven to be a little unusual too. Like with the – I don't know what happened with Rashad, but I mean they, they have – like, what was the deal? They couldn't be more than five pounds different or something, and they wouldn't allow the fight. Oh, hell, who was that? Slips my mind. Either way, they're, they, they are a new commission as it pertains to MMA. So you have to wonder, is putting all of your eggs in this basket the right move? And they still supposedly have a fight to announce, too. So we'll see how that, that card's rounded out. The prelim card, Chinzo Machida and Gallagher. That's a that's a great matchup. That's a smart matchup. Whoever put that together, uh, kudos to you. But yeah, you gotta wonder, like, is it the right thing to do to put all of your eggs in the NYC basket, given how new the commission is, given the history with several of your fighters on this show, and the questionable history around another person on the show in Fedor? Like, I don't know. Do you, do you think it's it's smart to do that? Well, I was going to ask you this. If they have one more belt to announce, will it be Phil Davis versus Ryan Bader? Again, putting all your eggs in one basket and not thinking past this pay-per-view show. Um, it, it's a dangerous, I wouldn't say commodity, to have, to, you know, to have the, the ability and the right to promote MMA fights wherever you want. Uh, I mean, Scott has San Jose. He's got that San Jose market. Um, I understand going to New York City and, and putting on a big show uh, at Madison Square Garden, but it is, quote-unquote, a, a relatively new commission that is sanctioning or regulating mixed martial arts. You do kind of have to be careful, and you have to know or have to think that he knew that this drug testing question or comments would come up, especially with those two guys in the main event. So it is a bit of a concern for me. And I think you've got to sort of prevent the fire as opposed to fighting the fire when it comes to situations like that. I don't think Scott uh, or anyone at Viacom thought about that efficiently enough to say, hmm, this is going to come up. We've got to make sure that these two guys do not ruin 
our pay-per-view main event. I'm sure he knew. I just doubt that he cared. <laughs> That's just what it boils down to. He's got to make money for Viacom to keep his job, and he knows how to do it. Now, Sean Bio says he would have preferred to see Aaron Pico versus James Gallagher, uh, considering their history. Yeah, Aaron Pico is still really young in the sport, though. I think you got to kind of build up to that because, I mean, James Gallagher is probably a much more uh, well-rounded fighter, and Pico, what, a 0-0 zero and zero right now? you got to give him a win. Hey, it's worked out so far for, like, Tyrell Fortune and uh, – damn, I can't remember the other guy – but it's worked out for these these recruits that they've they've had so far. But yeah, that's definitely a fight to to do in the future. But I, right now, Pico's first fight, I think that'd be bad news. Uh, I don't know if it's Ole Sammy Ole or Ole Sammy Ole. It's Ole. Got, it's Ole. <laughs> he said, "What about gimmick fights? One versus two for the name rights of Pitbull, Arlovsky versus Patricky and Patricio." I'll, I'll hit you with this one. Bellator would do anything to get those two brothers in a main event fight. Yeah. So I won't yeah their, their weird fetish for the Pitbull brothers is weird. Well, they're going to be headlining the next few pay-per-view or uh, Bellator shows considering what's happening yeah. with this pay-per-view. Yeah, it's just going to be them nonstop. They're going to pull out like they're going to go get the actual Pitbull who is performing at WrestleMania this weekend. Oh, boy. They'll go get the, the singer Pitbull He'll run one, too. They're going to sign Tiago Alves. He's going to come over. He's going to, like, it'll be like, do you remember the, the Dudley boys in the WWF? Yep. And ECW? It'll be like them. Like, you'll have a black one, a white one, an Asian one, uh, an Indian one, a Native American one. You'll have a, a Pitbull brothers of all races, background, and ethnicities just so they can run headline uh, shows with them. That's how, that's how Bellator does things. I once got asked uh, or and almost cast to be a stand-in for Pitbull uh, with the shades and the suit and stuff <laughs> like that. And I was like, am I getting paid? Because if I'm getting paid and I just got to stand around or act like I'm Pitbull, <laughs> I'm, in. I'm in. And nope, that, that conversation ended pretty quick. Uh, I, I smelt uh, a snake oil salesman pretty quick, uh, a little bit of fraud there. And then they tried to reach out again and I took the email and just delete the lead. That's phenomenal. Show me the money. Show me the money. Uh, much more to talk about in the mixed martial arts world. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this Ultimate Fighter show. Uh, there's some leaks or some interviews that are being done by Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. And by the looks of it and sounds of it, and it's, it's a, it could change as we get closer. Uh, this is a Ultimate Fighter that I will tune into. Now, people might say, well, you should be tuning in to all of them. Yes, <laughs> I should. But I don't want to watch them all. And this one I will watch. I like the two gentlemen uh, in the, in this uh, as coaches. I like the theme of the show. I think it'll be a lot more fun. I always hope there's drama. I always hope there's something. But I like what's happening here. But in the interviews that are coming out right now, you've got TJ Dillashaw basically saying Cody Garbrandt is going to make an ass of himself on this show. I, ultimately, it doesn't matter if, if he doesn't make an ass out of himself in the cage because that's, that's really all that matters. Ronda Rousey made a giant ass of herself on the show, and she was still a major pay-per-view draw. Um, Prank Page Jackson made an ass out of himself. Huge pay-per-view draw. Chris Lieben made his name off of making an ass out of himself, offered fights until he was literally forced out of the cage by a medical condition. 
I'll watch the fights just like I did with the strawweight championship season. I did with the first women's season because I knew some good prospects would come out of there because the division was thin. Uh, like I watched the flyweight championship division because this means something. This is fighters who probably who have been there or are worthy of being there. James Krause is the interesting one because he's already there. So I'm interested to see what angle they put for him. And, you know, there were some other names like a Junie Browning who were in consideration, all these crazy people that they were thinking about bringing back that I'm so glad they didn't. But uh, I'm, I'm still bummed about the Gerald Harris thing, Joe. Of course you are. I, I, was, I was just waiting for you to end it he's, with that. He, yeah, I am. He's trying to get on that Oklahoma City card, though, and they, they should do it, which is a, a miraculous comeback time for the type of injury that he had. But, yeah, I will absolutely watch the fights for this. But have you seen the James Krause Instagram pictures lately of no, how far leg had to be split open to get rid of a staph infection? Uh, thankfully, I didn't see those pictures. Oh, that's sick. It looks like shin to ankle. It looked like the whole damn oh. thing. Let me, let me see if I can find it. Oh, it was so gross. So I'm like, man, I wonder, if, I wonder how he did on the show. I wonder if he had to withdraw because of that. Well, oh, James. my gosh. It's, it's from his ankle. Yeah, basically. Whew. Okay, I'll pull this up. Please don't. <laughs> I am. I am. You got to see it. You got to see it. Sorry. Here you go. Look at that thing. You see it? Yeah. It's gross, man. For our audio listeners, go over to James Krause's Instagram. It's sick, man. Oh. It actually makes for a cool tattoo when you think about it. That does not look nice. you, mentioned the, you mentioned the Oklahoma card, by the way. Uh, it looks like Michael Chiesa and Kevin Lee will be headlining that show uh, that does contain BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver, Tim Boach versus Johnny Hendricks, and Clay Guida returning to 155 pounds. He'll be taking on Eric Koch. Uh, do you like this? Because there was some debate this whole week about Michael Chiesa and Kevin Lee, the bout itself, which I definitely like, but the fact that it's headlining a fight night card. Do you like, dislike, do you agree, do you disagree? I like it, and I'll tell you why I like it, because it's it's an interesting method that they're going. Usually, they would have headlined with Penn or Hendricks. And Hendricks would have made sense because, you know, Oklahoma City is kind of – yeah. But Kiesa has won five of his last six fights. Kevin Lee just beat a top 15 guy. He, he should be ranked if he's not. Kiesa had a performance of the night in his last fight, fight of the night in his last – his fight before that. Uh, I think a fight of the night, maybe a year before that, submission of the night a year before that, you're probably going to get a good fight out of him. And you're able to use the BJ Penn and Johnny Hendricks name to build up this Kevin Lee-Michael Chiesa fight. Because you know you know how, how we've watched events before, and a main event that maybe we weren't that excited for, it gets the main event time, and we're like, damn, this is a main event. Here we go. And if that fight were six down, you probably wouldn't have given a damn about it. Probably wouldn't have given a damn about this fight. I would have watched it. I would have enjoyed it. But I probably wouldn't have cared about it. But if it's a headline show that, or a headline fight, it shows me that they're trying at least to go this different method. Because we've given them this, the UFC this criticism of, 
what are you doing with your quality fighters? Well, you got two quality fighters right here that they're putting on over two marquee names. Uh, I think it's an interesting method, and I hope it works because maybe they'll do it more. Because I am much more interested in seeing Michael Chiesa and Kevin Lee at five rounds than BJ Pandena Seaver or Johnny Hendricks versus whoever the hell he's facing. Because I don't even know. Guys, if you're if you're tuned in live, don't forget uh, we do have the live chat. Get your questions up there. Get your comments up there. Uh, we'll endeavor to get a hold or read some of them uh, as we do this live. Uh, Sean Bayo mentioned how cool was it seeing Dillashaw sparring uh, with Lomachenko. I didn't see it. Did you? I didn't see it. I'm going to check it out though. So will I. Uh, and then Ole Samioli wants to know why isn't Kevin Lee the first fight of a pay per view? Because a they're going to start building him the way they're building him right now against Michael Chiesa. Because if he can get past Michael Chiesa, uh, the two guys on this podcast are going to have their eyebrows raised, saying, "Okay, what do we have here? We've got someone here uh, that's going to could wreak some havoc." Especially considering Kevin Lee's last fight, where he basically got dominated, nearly finished in the first round, and flipped the script and ended up submitting. Uh, his opponent in the second round. So uh, I've got my eye on Kevin Lee for sure. I've also got my eye on Michael Kissa. Uh, this is a good fight for both guys, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing it go down. Uh, I want to ask you a question about something Trigg said yesterday, uh, Mr. Sapp. Rankings, it's the rankings gimmick. Enough is enough. These rankings mean nothing. They don't do anything. Now, my article that's going to be posted on Fightful.com, sorry, Sean, uh, will we'll kind of break that down a bit further from my perspective uh, regarding the rankings gimmick. But a guy that does a lot of professional wrestling and covers professional wrestling and sports entertainment knows a thing or two about gimmicks. The floor is yours, sir. You know how much I hate those damn rankings. I do. Um, it's... it's uh... It's embarrassing when you look at like a year ago and you look at the, the rankings and somebody's still ranking Bigfoot Silva top 10. And then you look and you see, oh, well, it's a Brazilian outlet. Okay, that makes sense. Or a Russian guy who shouldn't be ranked and you look and it's a Russian outlet and it's embarrassing. You Use our Fightful.com rankings where David Tease breaks them down by promotion or go to FightMatrix.com. That's really the best way to do it. Uh it's it's a joke. It's embarrassing. They don't they don't use them, but I see that it's a promotional tool. It's so they can say number fourteen versus number nine, whatever. In that way, it, it's going to do what they want it to do. But you've got people in there sometimes that haven't fought in a year and a half, two years. You've got people that are pulled when they just they reject the fight. Like there are no ground rules. There's nothing at the beginning of this page that says fighters will be left in even if they are inactive. On Fight Matrix, if you haven't fought in 450 days and you don't have a fight scheduled, you're out. See ya. It's not that hard. Fight Matrix did it. The UFC can do it. I concur. Um, Mr. Michael Bisping has issued an ultimatum to George St. Pierre that if he doesn't make the date for July, a title shot's going to UL Romero. I read that, and I thought to myself, No. Michael, I get what you're trying to do, get what you're trying to say, trying to get some pressure through the media to George. Uh, I still think George will make that July fight. Uh, I think there's just some some things that are being done right now behind the scenes, but um, there's no way Bisping would, would... I mean, I know Bisping would probably want a payday, but if you're going to do a payday, why take a smaller payday in July versus an ex extremely dangerous opponent in UL Romero when you can have a massive payday in July or September? 
He ain't doing that. <laughs> He's not doing that. He'll wait until the next Olympics to fight GSP if he has to. He ain't. <laughs> He's not fighting anybody. Give me a break. I bet he does. Should Romero be put on that same card as the co-main event? Yeah, he should. In case somebody falls out, gets injured, or pops for something. Yeah, he absolutely should. The concern I have, uh, and again, this is just me being uh, a typical Canadian and or someone that knows George on a personal level. I don't want to see George ever have to compete against Yoel Romero. I know Michael Bisping is a tough test as is. But when that fight takes place and George St. Pierre wins, hypothetically, uh, what is he going to do? Anderson Silva. You're not keeping that belt. Well, Anderson Silva, you think so? Probably. Yeah, any excuse. Sure. Why not? They don't care. There are no rules here. Even this if Kelvin, even if exactly, even if Kelvin Gastelum disposes of Anderson Silva. Uh well, yeah. If if Kelvin Gastelum beats Anderson Silva, that ain't happening. But if it's if it's close and Kelvin Gastelum gets injured, <laughs> gotcha. Or they they send him a bout agreement that he doesn't sign, type of thing that they do a lot. So. If they can do GSP Silva, they're going to do GSP Silva. But uh, I can't can't imagine that he holds on to that title. He'll probably drop it and then try to go to 155 and fight for that title. Because if GSP smart, he competes for that title, then drops to 155 like he claims he can do. Fights a guy named McGregor, if at all possible. But George has said on, on, on numerous occasions in the past that once he moves up, he will never go back down. And that meant going back to 170. This is going down to 155. So there are some question marks there. Despite my theory since day one when George said he was going to return, that I do believe he wants to get some sort of more records uh, that may never be broken. And one of those records would obviously be HD. The ability to potentially be a champion in three different divisions or to have held a belt uh, in the UFC at 170, potentially 185, potentially 155. I don't think anyone will ever be able to do that. Uh, But again, Conor McGregor's kind of proven that theory almost wrong. So um, I've got question marks around what George St. Pierre is going to do after this fight with Michael Bisping. Should he emerge victorious? Well, I mean, that's the thing. There are always question marks around what GSP is going to do, and it seems like only he knows. Like, I mean, he he, he doesn't reply. Yeah. Well, what's up with that, Joe? You're getting paid the big bucks here. Yeah. George is just a ball breaker. He just sends me, he's just, he's a master deflector. Uh, That's what George does. He's, he'll, he'll, if if it's something on a personal level, we'll go back and forth, blah, blah. But as soon as I start talking business, Sean Ross app, soon is like, (laughs) no, 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 no. I don't worry. And I get the politically correct answer. I'm like, you are a jerk. Like you're such a jerk, <laughs> but that's George, and that's the relationship we've always had uh, for oh my God, 2002. That would give us 14, 15 years now. Um, awesome guy. I don't care. He's he's fantastic, but I'll still keep busting his chops. God forbid he sees me in person because I won't stop either. Um, Tyron Woodley said he'd be more than happy. He says Joseph Pierre doesn't want to fight Michael Bisping. Uh, there was an eye roll there, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, from Sean Ross Sapp. But he would put his, he'd put his foot in Michael Bisping's ass. You know who's also interested in fighting Michael Bisping and GSP? Me, I am 
pay me the money. I'll do a camp. I'll do it. I'm ready. I'm ready, Dana. I'm ready, Sean Shelby. I'm ready, McMaynard. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. You know who would also fight him? 59-year-old Dan Severn, who I talked about earlier. Uh, 31-year-old Matt Riddle. Showdown Joe would fight him. Sean Pearson. Go get his his bald ass off the couch. Make him do something for a change. Well, he's a professional uh, athlete now. Don't don't kid yourself. He's trying to become a professional swim out athlete of again. Flooded basement that he he had to get out of when he no showed my podcast a couple of weeks ago. He'll swim out of his flooded basement, uh, strap on his gear and face Bisping or GSP. Of course he does. Tyron Woodley wants to fight anybody but who he's supposed to fight. And then he cries racism when people are like, "Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that?" And he was like, well, Connor does it. Connor does it. You know what? Connor sells three, four times the pay-per-views you do on a slow day. That's why. Once you sell a million pay-per-views, hell, if you sell 700,000 pay-per-views, you probably start calling your own shots. Uh, Tyron has, is in an interesting scenario, though. I mean, is he going to get that winner of Damian Maya and Masvidal? Because Masvidal, I don't know if if – he can get that title shot. I know Maya can if he takes out Masvidal in the way he's taken out his last few opponents uh, by not getting hit. Uh, that, that's going to be an interesting scenario. And and what's I mean, don't be surprised if he starts angling for that Nick Diaz fight again. Nick Diaz doesn't know what he wants. Nate Diaz doesn't know what he wants. That's another thing. Like you have all these guys, they want big money fights, then big name fights, and they want title fights, and they're offered like the the best of two or three. And they pass that up too. I don't know what these two guys want. If I'm Nate Diaz, I would take a Tony Ferguson fight, though. That's what I would do. I would, and if I were the UFC, I would try to make that happen. That's a fight. That is a fight. But anything that has Diaz attached to it is another one of those "I'll believe it when I see it" type of situations. I concur. Uh, I'll also believe it when I see when this live chat wakes up, guys. You're all falling asleep on there. Let's go get some comments in there. Get some thoughts in there. We got about we got less than about. Yeah, we got about 10 minutes left in the show. So get your thoughts in there. Uh, let's try to annoy Sean because Sean's in a mood right now. I'm, I'm riling him up, which is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, WrestleMania week. I got a lot of work going on, so I'm a little short-tempered. That's all good. No, I like it. I absolutely like it. At least you're not a lie. drinking beers while we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, no shirt yeah. in a hot tub. How awesome is that guy? Of course. Why, why wouldn't he? He should. If I were him, I would too. He is such a mess. Um, John Pascal called out Nick Diaz on Twitter. This whole boxing and MMA thing uh, is beginning to pick up some steam. There are people that are talking about it, man. There are people that are looking at this and be like, okay, hmm, interesting. And the same thing with uh, Jimmy Manoa. That's coming up again. Um, David oh, Haywood, I would fuck him up so bad. So bad. It wouldn't even I mean, even, even John Pascal, he's past his prime. <laughs> Yeah. I still think he'd hurt Diaz. Oh, I'm sure he would, but Diaz would do that. Diaz would 100% do that fight. Yeah, Jean Pascal, if I remember right, he's he's lost like each of the last three years. Because I know he lost to Kovalev twice, which I mean, do you even know if you're past your prime, if that's the guy you're losing to? Because he's – yeah, it's like who knows? I mean, everybody's going to lose to him. Uh, and other than that, he's he's dropped fights like Bernard Hopkins and that one in uh, the UK or England like 
10, eight, nine years ago. He would work Nick Diaz, but Nick Diaz would do that fight. I believe that Nick Diaz would take that fight before any UFC fight. I believe it. If he was allowed to do it, if he could figure it out. If Con- Listen, Conor McGregor is going to open up Pandora's box, man. If this fight with Floyd Mayweather takes place, the whole system is going to be uprooted uh, and, and, and shit's going to go down. I really, really sincerely believe it on so many different levels. And I've written about it, spoke about it uh, right here in Fightful MMA. Um, I want to go back to Nate Diaz just for a moment because Tony Ferguson has again piped up like you mentioned uh he wants a fight he's like i will go toe-to-toe i will stand with nate diaz i don't care if he does or if he doesn't that's a fight i want to see yeah hell yeah i want to see that fight and there's not a lot of fights that i'm like okay yeah bring in a guy off a loss and put him in a title fight yeah do it nate diaz tony ferguson you know why because khabib won't get in a damn cage either and i love watching khabib or habib fight but it is just it's all the time. Eddie Alvarez, he just lost the title. Rafael Desanos, he's moving to welterweight. Edson Barboza could be a guy, but he's already fought Tony Ferguson. Michael Johnson is far too inconsistent to put in that spot. Kiesa's in a main event right now. The next guy on the rankings is Nate Diaz. He's put him in. I'm, I want that fight. And here's the thing. I don't know if it's the UFC pussyfooting around or if it's Nate Diaz pussyfooting around. I don't know who it is. Because, I mean, that would be a title fight. It would be a big fight. And I don't know if it'd be a money fight, though. But here's the thing. Ultimately, you have to put some stock into yourself as the money guy. He says, he said it before, I am the money guy. So why doesn't he, why isn't every fight for him the big fight? If I did fight Conor McGregor tomorrow, it'd do a million buys. I mean, if okay, if I fought him, if they added Conor McGregor versus Sean Ross Sapp, UFC 210 from Buffalo, bam, next week it's doing seven-digit sales. Nobody knows me. They know Conor McGregor. He is the money fight. So at some point, you have to put stock into yourself and do it. And it's easy to build up Tony Ferguson to the casual fan. He, he doesn't lose. Two things over in the live chat as we speak. Mixmaster Dodger says boxers versus MMA fighters is stupid. So Mixmaster Dodger, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I want to ask you a question. You can reply in the live chat right now. Uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Will you watch that fight? Oh, yeah, I'll watch that fight. No, no, I'm asking Mixmaster Dodger. We'll see if he replies. I'm asking someone in the live chat who says boxers versus MMA fighters is stupid because we all know boxers should win that fight, every one of those fights. But will you watch it? Will you watch McGregor versus Mayweather? Would you watch Holly Holm versus a stud female boxer on that same card? Would you watch half of these fights that we're always talking about on the podcast versus MMA fighters and boxers? I, I just of want course, to see- that, of course, some scrub in the chat's going to say no, but people will. That's I mean, Inoki versus Ali is still talked about today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sean Baya wants to know, who's a sadder injury story, Habib or Kane? Uh, my vote goes to Kane Velasquez. My vote goes to Habib because he lost consecutive years. Kane was able to stay in the cage like I think he fought like once a year. That's all he fights. But Habib has fought, let's see, since – 2014, well, he fought Daryl Horcher and Michael Johnson, but 
Yeah, he lost two solid years in his mid-20s. He lost like age 25 to 27. That sucks. That sucks. He, he, didn't, he hasn't had a title run. Cain Velasquez has, so that's why I'm going to be. Makes sense. Uh, Mixmaster Dodger says I will stream it for free, so you will watch it. Um, well, Ole Samioli basically says so much hype on Habib, and yet he can't produce when needed. Send him to Ryzen. UFC can't make money off of him. I disagree with that. Um, although this absolutely, this last scenario with Habib was just brutal. Uh, it's terrible because that was the fight we were all looking forward to, and, and the MMA gods punished us by removing that fight and then giving us that main event that we saw uh, between um, Tyron Woodley and, and Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, I do think the UFC can make money off Habib. I do think Habib is a massive threat to Conor McGregor's 155-pound reign. Uh, that's if Conor McGregor ever comes back to mixed martial arts, should he ever fight Floyd Mayweather, a whole load of what-ifs. Uh, but your thoughts uh, on what you know, Ole Samuel just said there? Let me take a, a a glance at it to make sure I didn't take anything out of context. Yeah, there. Habib does produce when he's in the cage. Send him to rise in UFC. Can't make money off him. That's that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous statement. That is, they can make money off of him. Why would? Why send him to Ryzen then? Can Ryzen make money off of him if the UFC can't? That doesn't make any sense. Um, well, rest assured that the UFC can make a lot of money off of Habib, especially if they want to get into that Russian market, which would be a challenge, but they probably could. Yeah, yeah no offense to Ole, Sammy Ole, but the UFC can make a lot of money off of him. He's very big. He is huge in Russia. You don't believe me? Go check out his Instagram numbers. Uh, they're way up there. He's a very popular guy in Russia. He's he's a celebrity in Russia. So yeah, they he actually is. You're right. You know what? I, I remember that because uh, before the Ferguson fight, uh, a variety, uh, a plethora of the Washington Capitals from the NHL were sending messages to Habib before the fight. A lot of them Russians, uh, Belarusians as well, and they were just kind of they, they love this guy. Uh, and those are superstars in the world of hockey, hyping up a UFC guy. Yeah, and a lot of people don't take that into consideration because I remember the first time I saw like his number of followers, and there'll be people that say, "Oh, he bought followers." <laughs> no, not that many, not that many. He is a big, big deal in Russia, and he speaks enough English to where he can pass and say things that American casual fans will like. Like when he, when he was doing that post-show interview about Conor McGregor, and they they mentioned something, and he goes. This is number one bullshit. I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> that's that's great. Oh, I love it. He's fantastic. Um, how do you want to close off this podcast, my friend? Because there's there's visit a few things. What's that? Uh, you know, I just want to tell people visit fightful.com. WrestleMania weekend, man. You must be stoked. I'm exhausted. I, actually, you know what? The, really the, yeah, I was gonna say, are you exhausted? Are you happy? Are you like dreading it? Are you looking for? I, I mean, I, I've been in situations, Mister Sap, where I am there to cover an event, especially Vegas, and it's my own fault. But big UFC 100, big big UFC shows that went down in Vegas, and I would wake up Saturday morning physically and mentally exhausted from all the work that I have done covering all the pre-fight stuff that I'm like, I want to go home. And in the same sentence saying, you're here for this event tonight. You can't go home. I'm going to be honest. 
tomorrow's NXT show looks like it's going to be awesome. The WrestleMania show looks like it'll be good. I'm more excited to watch Rumble versus Cormier than anything because I watch wrestling every single day of my life. Like I'm covering it. I do a podcast on it every single day. Uh, there's some cool stuff on that show. I'm exhausted, but it's a part of the job. I mean, you, I work every day. I work long hours almost every day. It's just a part of it. It's one of the sacrifices you have to make to be able to work 15 feet away from your bed. So that's part of it. This is all that matters in life. This is all that matters. Here's what I do. It's a free one for you, Gold Peak. <laughs> if I was ever to be tested for caffeine, I would fail miserably. I'd test positive so bad. If if Jimmy Van, the owner of this this company, this site, this conglomerate, had to test us all and said you cannot be on caffeine, I'd resign, or I'd have to get a masking agent. Fortunately, I don't think Jimmy Van is ever going to say that because. One of the tags on his own company's website says, we encourage a slice of pizza and a beer at your desk. I've been to the office. It's awesome. Yeah. He's I, awesome. I think we're safe. I think we're safe with Jimmy Van. Did I ever tell you the first time I met Jimmy Van? My expectations were I, – I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know anything, blah, blah, And I was expecting yeah. to walk into this boardroom, uh, you know, suit and tie kind of guy. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Jimmy Van is the man. He's T-shirt, sweater, Edmonton Oiler this, and blah, blah, hat on backwards. I'm like, this is the CEO. This guy's the man. This guy's the bomb. So uh, actually, before we let you go, uh, I want to ask you one more thing because uh, I do have to run as well. I've got some meetings after this. How excited are you about the epic, epic trilogy fight between Verdum and Overeem? Why? <laughs> what WTF guys you see why would they do that Francis Ngannou have you heard of him there, there are guys they have a, from like 10 to 15 is a bunch of guys that are ready to be tested just do it let them sink or swim should you and I when that fight takes place literally tweet on social media or whatever and say bathroom break? I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, Verdum is so hit or miss and Overeem's hit or miss, but he's almost always exciting. But they've never been exciting together. I don't want to that's what I'm saying. History has shown that I I I, I just don't want to watch that fight. Shut up, Joe. I'm gonna watch the fight. I know, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much to all of you on the live chat. Thank you very much uh for tuning in live. Uh Sean, any final words before we say goodbye? WrestleMania weekend, guys. Even if you don't like wrestling, come over, hang out in our live discussion. Uh we're opening up the WrestleMania live discussion Sunday at noon. Also, I'm doing a members only podcast about an hour after this. I'm going to talk about how I would lay out a Goldberg-Lesnar match in order to get eight, nine, ten minutes out of it. Uh, my wife's going to appear on there. We're going to review the Belco experiment. And I'm going to talk uh, talk some trash. Actually, I'm going to tell the story about how I, why I left and why I joined Cage Passion Media. Each of these members-only shows, I'll tell a story about why I joined and left a certain outlet. 
Awesome. Make sure you guys check that out. Tune in there. Uh, I want to thank Sean Ross Sapp. Make sure you follow him online at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us always at Fightful MMA. FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. Yours truly, Joe Farrell, can be find on all, found on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't do Snapchat, but it's at Showdown Joe. Uh, for now, we bid you all a fond adieu. There will be no post-fight uh, show with Sean and I this weekend, but I will catch up with everybody on Monday, and I may have a special guest to announce make sure you do follow me on social media i will announce it if it gets confirmed uh, and jimmy van doesn't smack me on my bald head for now i bid you all a fond adieu and i say ciao for now when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply